Welcome to the Timmeroo District Council Cast. This time we've got Ruth and Bryony from our Waste Minimisation Department talking about how recycling doesn't end when you close the lid on your yellow bin. What happens next? And what steps can you take to minimise your impact on the planet? I guess from a starting point, most people are very diligent in sorting their rubbish going into the yellow bin. They'll separate all the plastics from the glass from the, and they'll put it in there. And most people don't really know what happens after the truck picks it up. What, what's the next stage of its life? Well, they collect about 250-odd bins per truckload, take it to the MRF, it gets dropped on the floor of the sorting plant. Um, the guys do have a walk around and take out things that might get caught up in the system, like flexible plastics, fence wiring, fence wiring. What are the worst offences when it comes to recycling? What, what, what would be the dream list of things you would never like to see in the recycling bin ever again? Nappies. Nappies. And unwashed containers, mm. like milk bottles, pet food, pet food. yoghurt, mm. butter. Those things are just a little bit hard to wash out. They, they, don't need, to be, they need to be rinsed but they shouldn't have any residue on them. That's where pet food containers in particular, because it's quite sticky and yuck, and after a couple of, of weeks sitting out in the sun, for example, those pet food containers can stink like bilio. And there are seven human beings up on the plant there, so we must consider their health and well-being. Because the next part of the process, once they've taken out the contaminants at pre-sort, it goes onto this great big screen that's got big rubber stars on it that separate all the materials, push them aside and then jets of air push the lift the paper up off the bottles and cans and jars and stuff. So that's where the paper gets separated. Of course, if you get a nappy that goes onto the Lubo screen and then gets pulled apart and you've got jets of air hitting the contents of that nappy, it makes it really, really unpleasant for the staff. So they are pretty diligent at trying to pull out those nappies before they hit the Lubo. So once the Lubo has pushed off all the paper, all the bottles and jars and cans go through what I call a magic machine. It's a piece of German engineering. It takes 80,000 scans per second. Its job is to identify the different sorts of plastics, because your milk is different from your soft drink, which is then different from your mixed grade plastic. So it scans the density of the plastic and uses compressed air to flick all the soft drink bottles together on their conveyor, or number one plastics as we're now going to have to get used to, and the milk bottles and then the mixed grade plastics. And then it goes up the line and drops into the hoppers. The steel cans and the aluminium cans go up to the eddy current where they are separated, where the aluminium literally flicks off. We collect the yellow bin, it goes to the MRF, it gets sorted. What's the life after that? This is where the challenging bit is now coming in, isn't it? Yes, very much so, because with plastics, uh, although we consider our recycling has been reasonably compliant, that is not the case internationally, and the first world has been sending a lot of their plastics to to Asia for processing, they pick the eyes out of it, and then the downstream effect that is sometimes unknown or not well known or very damaging for the environment so we are working on improving our recycling so that we may change our acceptance criteria for plastics to accept only the higher value plastics which would be your milk bottles your soft drink bottles and some of your sort of mixed colored janitorials and the like and those have known markets and in fact they have known markets in New Zealand Mm. so it means we're supporting our own economy we're treating our own waste locally and we're doing it with environmental compliance.
And having proper stewardship over those plastics, even if they're not accepted for recycling, putting them in a properly contained and ran landfill is probably better for the environment than sending them off to destination unknown. It is, because one of the bigger risks is that those plastics that can't be reprocessed overseas don't end up in a landfill. They often may end up in a, in a river uh, and hence out into the ocean. So we are creating a huge environmental issue with plastic contamination in the ocean. So to manage our own waste locally or domestically inside New Zealand and what waste we can't reprocess to put in a landfill in the short term and then to change our product stewardship so that we actually design packaging it's well labeled it's using materials that can be processed and the customers understand what to do with it we just need to create that whole sequence that enables everybody to play their part and the customers you know our our customers Timaru district residents just have one part to play and that's to select the right materials into the yellow bin and make sure they're clean how do you select particularly with plastics most people have over the years just got into the mindset of solid plastics can go into the yellow bin we are looking to be that wee bit more selective over it what do people have to look out for on their products well they have to look out for the recycling logo on the product as you say Stephen we hadn't taken much notice of that over the years because we accepted most rigid household packaging so now under the changes due not only from for the Basel Convention, we're going to probably focus on plastics one, two, and five at this stage. So you see the recycling logo triangle with the number inside it. So there's a big re-education program, a rethinking recycling, really. There are certain products you know will be type one and type two. Milk bottles, Mm -hmm. tick. Drink bottles, tick. Janitorials, ice cream containers, tick, tick. There'll be some things that that just generically by type are nearly always those plastics. So that's something we need to investigate a little further in terms of working with our contractor about what we accept, how we promote what we accept. But generally, it will be easier for plastics because it'll be a little bit more limited and a lot of councils have already moved to either ones and twos only or ones, twos and fives. In Mm. Canterbury, Selwyn District has just changed. Christchurch has just changed. So Mm. we're just going to follow suit and be part of a national trend in New Zealand of standardising practices so that wherever you go, on holiday or you move, everybody knows what to do across the board and it's just going to make it all easier. And so those key messages about types of materials, not squashing materials might be fun to squash them but it makes the identification by the scanner it's designed to pick up three-dimensional shapes so when you squash it it becomes a two-dimensional shape and it just confuses the scanner so there's a lot of interesting background stuff like that that we need to get people a little bit more aware of because most people think of glass as a reasonably renewable resource um, but it just is how it's handled and how it's treated at the consumer end and at our end and Ahead. Yes. Well, it is very renewable, it's very reusable because basically it's made from silica, which is sand, and so that's why it's often used as an aggregate, which is what we've done on site up till now, but it's very, it's a low-end use, and what we're aiming for is a circular economy where a certain product can go back for recycling and come back as the same product. That means you're keeping that material in a, just a closed loop flow without having to extract new materials and um, while it is just aggregate you know the the base material is silica that that needs a lot of carbon heavy you know machinery to extract so it is always um, 
more carbon effective to reuse materials uh, or recycle by processing into the same material if possible um, than to extract new materials from ground. One of the things we have to be really careful on in minding what we put in our yellow bins is that we don't wish cycle. This is a new term which is sort of defined as wishing that something could be recycled therefore you'll put it in your yellow bin and just hope for the best. We have very strict acceptance criteria. We don't accept pots and pans and jugs and motor mowers and anything else that's metal just because it happens to fit into your bin. We actually have a really good service, which is a scrap metal facility open at the end of Red Ruth Street. We'll take your scrap metal of any shape or size any time of the day. What that means for your yellow bin is you can put in your washed cans and your um, rinsed you know, drink aluminium cans. So aluminium cans and steel cans can go into your bin as long as they're nice and not anything else that's metal and the same applies for glass we take glass drink bottles not anything else that's glass not your ceramic pot or or a fired glass or a drinking glass but just containers it's about household containers either glass or plastic or steel or aluminium but strictly household containers so you can you can wish for the moon but don't put it in your recycling bin we have a behaviour change programme, waste-free living and waste-free parenting. That's encouraging people to reduce waste right from the start by transferring some or all of the uh, um, disposable nappies to modern cloth nappies, which, believe me, are extremely funky and very easy to use these days. Mm-hmm. I wish my kids had had them. They had these <laughs> great big, huge things. <laughs> we very exciting. Um, <laughs> And, and then there's product stewardship programs that I guess are still at the recycling level, but they stop products going from landfill, like the car seats, the mattresses, the electronic waste. Timaru District has been running the three-bin system for 15-odd years now. Um, by all accounts, the community has embraced it and run with it. What have been the benefits of running this system and what are the benefits of running it in the future? Well, the benefits to date have been about a 25 reduction in waste to landfill from the yellow bin alone. The green bin adds another 50%. So compared to 13, 14 years ago now, we've diverted approximately 75% of our household waste stream from mm-hmm. landfill. Um, have people been surprised that the sort of the quality of the facility that this reasonably small council have managed to put together and the level of service that we do provide people? Absolutely. Um, it's not just the MRF or the Materials Recovery Facility, but the fact that Timaru District Council has put so many other things in place as well, like the pyrolysis plant that converts waste wood into charcoal that people can use in their log burners, the mattress recycling, because what, over 94% of a mattress can be recovered, uh, the drop-off for reusable items in particular, uh, where the second-hand shop is generating income and footfalls, and people love that sort of thing. There's also an opportunity for residents to engage with resource recovery right at the top of the hierarchy, and the first one is reduce. How do you not get that packaging in the first place? So there's going to be some national education actually coming out on this as well, and the answer is to do one at a time. Take one step and change one behaviour and get engaged and reduce packaging. It may even find it reduces cost. Sometimes, sometimes not. But do one thing. Mm. 
I'm going to buy beeswax wraps and put my lunches in them. And then when you've got that behaviour bedded in and you're happy with it, then you choose something else. And, and there's lots of stuff online for doing that. But that's where the owner sits with all of us. We have a big infrastructure system for dealing with what you can't deal with and we want people to really help us out and do the right thing. But over and above that, there's a huge personal step that you can take to be responsible for your own environmental impact, one thing at a time. Join us next time for another deep dive into the TDC. For more information about sustainable living, visit www.oneplanet.org.nz. Thanks.